Hi, thank you for joining me. My name is John Noob. This is John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and Lamb Podcast. And I've talked about this topic before on my YouTube channel and on this podcast, but I just feel led to talk about it again. And that is going to be on pornography. I want to go over some stats here. This is just mind-boggling, these stats. Just mind-boggling. This is from CovenantEyes.com. This is porn stats. They get all this stuff from um, the top porn websites. And I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Ironically, the Greek word for evil is porneia, where we get the word pornography from. Okay? I feel led that somebody who's listening to this podcast is struggling with this. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. You need to call out your sin. Call it out. Put it to the foot of the cross. So listen to this. This is just virtual reality pornography. It's projected that virtual reality pornography should be a 1 billion, B as in Bravo, billion business by the year 2025. That's third behind an expected 1.4 billion virtual reality video game market. And 1.3 billion NFL-related content. So it's going to be matching the NFL, the world's most um, financially uh, blessed or money-making sports federation league in the world. Just pornography, virtual reality. Pornography. Pornographers are hopping virtual reality porn will boost porn website revenue that's been mostly stagnant from 2010 to 2015. In that time, adult content increased roughly only 0.3%. So they've kind of reached a cap on pornography. So they're about to release this virtual reality porn. Okay. Listen to this. So... As of any second, 28,258 users are watching pornography right now. $3,075 is spent on porn every second on the internet. Every second. Every second. One in five mobile searches on your cell phone are for pornography. One in five. Boy, if we only read the gospel like this, huh? Imagine that. And here's the, the worst thing about it. So, is there's no doubt that people who love the Lord struggle with this. There's no doubt. What separates us in the book of Romans is that we hate our sin and we want to overcome our sin. And Paul writes about this. It's the war within the body. But we admit we're a sinner. We admit that pornography is wrong. If you struggle with it, repent. Ask the Lord for forgiveness. If you dishonor the Lord with your body again, ask the Lord for forgiveness. Continue this fight and this battle and accept that you're a sinner and that's why you need a Savior. But that's what separates us from the world because the world doesn't see itself as having a problem. And this stat is going to show it. This is the craziness of it. See, a Christian struggles with porn. They know it's wrong and it's sinful, and they repent and they try to and they try to repent and get forgiveness through the Lord. 
listen to this, 90% of teens and 96% of young adults are either encouraging, accepting, or neutral when they talk about porn with their friends. One in 10 does not find it accepting or neutral. Just 55% of adults, so when we get a little older, 55% of adults 25 and older believe porn is wrong. So from teens to young adults, so from like maybe 16, 15 till 24, it's 90 to 96% okay or neutral or it's it's accepting. But when we get around 25, that's when it, it shrinks good by about 30%, 40%, goes down to 55% of adults older believe porn is wrong. So that's that's good. But it's a horrible percentage. I mean, obviously it needs to go up. But that's a good drop off. So I'm trying to be at least some, um, you know, half full here. Optimistic. Teens and young adults, 13 to 24, believe not recycling is worse than viewing porn. Listen to that again. Teens and young adults, 13 to 24, believe not recycling is worse than viewing pornography. Talk about worshiping the world. That doesn't mean, and if you're, you know, if you're new to my my podcast, it doesn't mean that I think it's okay to destroy the world. Okay. I'm just saying that your body is a temple that the Holy Spirit lives in. If you're a Christian, or that you're made in God's image, and you're destroying your body spiritually, it's much worse. Only forty-five, only forty-three. Excuse me, forty-three percent of teens believe porn is bad for society, compared to thirty-one percent of young adults, eighteen to twenty-four, fifty-one percent of millennials, forty percent of Gen Xers, and fifty-nine percent of Boomers. So, as we get a little older, it seems to the older generations don't accept it as much. All right. Now, what about porn in the churches? What about porn in churches? One in five youth pastors and one in seven senior pastors use porn on a regular basis and are currently struggling. That's more than 50,000 U.S. church leaders. Hmm. This is why we need to keep our leaders and prayer. You do not know if you're a pastor or priest or whoever is ahead of your church, your bishop, your youth pastor is struggling. Think about it like this. So that person that's leading the church that you go to, you don't think the enemy wants to destroy that person? Why would the enemy not want to destroy that person? Why would the enemy not want to destroy, especially a youth pastor? It's a war against our children. The lunatic left is going after our children. And the devil is going after our children. Literally Satan. Yes, demons and Satan want your son, your, your, your son or daughter. Yes, 
They don't want them under the Lord. And a youth pastor is going to help lead them to the Lord when they're young and impressionable. So that person is a primary target. And lo and behold, one in five youth pastors struggle with it. 43% of senior pastors and youth pastors say they have struggled with pornography in the past. 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women say they watch porn at least once a month. And here's where the church fails. Only 7% of pastors report their church has a ministry program for those struggling with pornography. 7%. Here's a teen in porn stats. Parents, you've got your kids with phones, right? Right? You know what they're watching? You know what your, your kids are watching? 2018 study revealed nearly 27% of teens receive sext. That's, you know, text about sex. Around 15% are sending them. 57% of teens search out porn at least monthly. 51% of male students and 32% of female students first viewed porn before their teenage years. That's 12 and younger. The first exposure to pornography among men is 12 on average. And 71% of teens hide online behavior from their parents. And this leads to all kinds of things like erectile dysfunction, low testosterone, endorphins in your mind that's, that's not normal. Desensitizes sex, which is supposed to be something beautiful between a husband and a wife. And a 2016 study on Canada adolescents showed that a 45.3% admitted to problems in erectile dysfunction. The videos don't do it anymore. They need something more hardcore. That's why the pornography gets worse and worse and worse. And what I mean by that is it starts off with, oh man, trying to trying to keep this podcast Trying to be really selective with my language, okay? Um, it starts off more like vanilla sex and stuff gets more hardcore with like... Uh, kinky stuff. Let's just say that. Alright. Now what about pornography and marriage stats? 68% of divorce cases involve one party meeting a lower, a new lover over the internet. 68% of divorce cases. 56% involve one party having an obsessive interest in pornog pornographic websites. 70% of wives of sex addicts could be diagnosed with PTSD. 70% of wives of sex addicts. Wow. Prolonged exposure leads to diminished trust between intimate couples. Belief that promiscuity is a natural state. Lack of attraction to family and child raising. So that's one thing. Belief that promiscuity is a natural state. So we're just an animal. Have all the sex you want because you're just an animal. What does it matter? What does it matter? You're just an animal, right? Spread your seed, right? That's what the enemy wants to tell you. 
That's what the enemy wants to tell you. So here's a study by Neuroscience for Pornography Addiction. Multiple doctors rewarded in all kinds of clinical reviews by the Talonega Journal of Psychiatry. So, I mean, this is peer-reviewed and this is well-supported. I don't know how many Christians are involved in this, but it's still relevant in this case. So, it's being called the new drug. How porn can affect the brain like a drug. A deeper look into how the brain works reveals that addiction to harmful substances like tobacco have striking similarities to porn compulsion, including impaired decision-making. <laughs> okay, think about that. They're saying it can, really, it can lead to impaired decision-making. Is it, is, Harris says right here, is it, is it a habit like smoking tobacco at all similar to consuming porn? The simple answer is yes, absolutely. It's a more complicated answer, but yes. But with a caveat. At a certain point, a direct comparison between the effects of drugs and the effects of porn starts to break down. We all talk about later in this article. But it's core if you understand the basic science of how addiction works. Addiction to tobacco and addiction to pornography consumption are remarkably similar. And, here, and here's a peer reviews through the study. Deep inside the brain, there's something called a reward center. You got one. Your dog's got one. A monkey's got one. The reward center job is to release a pleasure chemical called dopamine into our brains in response to behaviors that we perceive as positive, like eating tasty food, getting in a good workout, or enjoying a kiss. Dopamine tells your brain, hey, this is a good thing. Keep doing this. And it sends the message in such a powerful way we become hardwired to do whatever triggers this process. Normally, it's a great system. The problem is, however, it's been hijacked. When someone's using an addictive drug, that drug uses the same dopamine process as part of the high, flooding your brain with feelings and pleasure of positive reinforcement. Your hardworking brain then immediately starts doing its job, developing a preference for whatever pro produced those feelings and rewarding itself with it. And, and then it rewires it. Think about that. Think about that. Porn can trigger this process endlessly because it's endlessly available. Just like addictive products. I mean, think about it. How, why is porn free? Why is the majority of free? Yes, there's stats where uh, we went over some stats where people are spending money. But you could easily go on a website and look at it for free. What do you think they're getting out of it? What do you think they're getting? Well, they're getting you. That's what they're getting. They're getting you, they're getting your time, they're getting you away. The world is evil. I will, I will stand up and say to your face that one of their rewards for free pornography is that you are turning your life away from Christ and you are giving it to the enemy. That is a real thing and it's something that they, they want. Why do they want that and who is they? It's the world. The world is evil. When Job was being brought up to Satan, you can read this in the book of Job. Satan, God asked Satan where he was at. He knew where he was at. It's more of a statement than a question. He said, yeah, I'm walking around the earth and, you know, 
I'm on the earth doing my thing. He asked him several times. That Satan is on the earth. He is here. He is here. He wants you. He wants you. And the world works for him. Clearly. You know, it's eating your brain. I mentioned the article said about decision-making. Well, listen to this. This impaired decision-making ability is known as hypofrontality. Hypo, which means less than normal, and frontal refers to your prefrontal cortex. So as the name implies, hypofrontal involves decreased frontal control over the brain's impulses. In some cases, brain scans have actually shown decreased frontal brain matter. Decreased frontal brain matter. In other words, for something to be considered addictive, it must be shown to cause hypofrontal. Sorry, I'm butchering that word. Well, I'm sorry, hypofrontality. <laughs> As for the time this article was published, over 150 studies have demonstrated hypofrontality in internet addiction, including more than a dozen studies that have demonstrated its presence in the brain of porn consumers. And just go on a web, just go on a, online and go to fightthenewdrug.org, and you can read all these statistics and facts. And they're trying to save the world from this because it's taking things over. This is taking things over. Now, Paul addresses some of this stuff in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7, 9. He says, if you can't control yourself, you should go ahead and get married. It's better to marry than burn with lust. So the Lord knows your struggle. If you're a Christian and you're listening to this podcast and, and, this, and this podcast is here for you, the Holy Spirit has led you to this podcast so you can listen to this podcast to overcome this addiction and fully repent and give your life to Christ. And you're a single man or woman. The Lord knows your struggle. So Paul literally says to get married. So obviously you can have sinless pleasure. Sinless sex with your husband or your wife. And it's better to marry than to burn with passion. 1 Corinthians 7, 9. Look it up. But to quote that verse, we have to be fair. Because the only true way you're over gonna, over, ever going to overcome sexual immorality and pornography and sexual sin is through the Savior himself. The woman or the man that you marry isn't going to save you. So when we read 1 Corinthians 7, 7 through 9, we'll read it in its complete context. And it says, For I wish that all men were even as I myself. And Paul was celibate. But each one has his own gift from God. One in this ma manner and the other in that. But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So in context, Paul speaking of the benefits of both singleness and married. Acknowledge that each one has his own gift from God. And that all 
not all will be called to this lifelong singleness. So that's important. So Paul's not saying that marriage will, quote, fix the lifestyle of sexual sin. Paul's hitting on a harder topic about sexual immorality. He's not saying this is how you fix it. He's just hitting the topic of sexual immorality. How you fix it as a savior. That's how you fix it. Jesus. He's literally the answer to everything. So here's a couple tips that I've done in the past and I still do to this day to help me control and fight off pornography. And here's one that through my studying that I'm going to start doing because by the grace of God, I've been forgiven of my sin. I still struggle with it sometimes. I'm not perfect, but it's no longer something that I feel has controlled my life. So putting your phone away or putting a picture of Jesus as your wallpaper, something like that. Having an accountability partner. Like my wife has access to my uh, email on Chrome. So she can even look up all the all the, all the all my searching. Fasting. Fasting is another one. Fasting builds discipline. You turn something over to God. So instead of you eating at that time, you're giving it to the Lord, you're worshiping, you're praying, and you're building discipline. Before Jesus went in the desert, he fasted, right? But you know, don't fast to show how holier out there are. Because we go to Matthew 6, 16. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. For they disfigure their faces. <laughs> their fasting may be seen by others. The Bible sometimes is funny. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Because there's fasting because they want people to um, know that they're fasting. So... The Bible, the scripture is saying, hey, you know, they, they got their reward. When in reality, the true reward is supposed to be discipline. You're supposed to turn something over to God. And this helps build self-control. Proverbs 25, 28 says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So nothing to protect you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape so that you may endure it. And then we continue with Paul's letters in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Paul says it again in 2 Timothy 1 through 7 For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but the, of power and love and self control. Remember how I brought up earlier about the devil circling you like a lion? 
Ephesians 6, 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in its heavenly places. You're in a war. Until you understand that, until you acknowledge that, until you develop self-control, you're a city without walls. And you're not going to get it through a woman or a man. You're going to get it through salvation and forgiveness through the Savior. And also, of course, get married. Because not everyone has the ability to have celibacy. And that is a gift. Paul says it's like a gift. He has the gift. If you don't have the gift of celibacy, then Paul suggests and says to get married. So stay off your phone if it's struggle if you're struggling with pornography. Turn it off, put it in the kitchen, and put the charger on it and leave it on the counter. Leave it there so you don't struggle and, and watch things you shouldn't be watching. Because you're not your own. 1 Corinthians 6.19 For do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God, you are not your own. Thank you for listening. God bless you in Jesus' name.